do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will think or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not, it's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands, neither yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither turn nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day, it is own trouble. Hallelujah. Um, worry is the same word used for anxiety, or anxiety is worry. You know, children, don't worry. Um, I'm going to, I really thought about you as well when I was um, doing this message. My, wa- my wife warned me seriously about you is that make sure that you get them engaged, involved with it, you know. So um, I'm going to do my best to make sure, you know, you, you get on, on the boat with us, okay? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, and I love the children, you know, they're more attentive. Look at them with their notes and, you know, they're, they're getting the message already. Most, on that side of the R, I'm not sure what's happening there. You know, I want to trust God that Jesus resides there. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Worry and anxiety is the same word. And you know what you know what worry actually means? Worry actually means, you see, uh, worry actually means that um, is a response, is a response when we are faced with uncertain situation or a response to what we perceive as danger. Worry is a natural response to a perception of danger. And I want to show you two illustrations. I want someone to just come forward. I want a, a, a volunteer, please. One volunteer, come, come, come. Okay, if I come, come, come. Encourage him, thank you. You see, he encouraged himself before you encourage him. Praise God, good one. Now, what I want you to do, I just want you to go anywhere. I'll just go anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, just go anywhere. 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 Okay, and the first place you went to is his seat. Okay, praise God. You know? And you know, you notice I'm following. I'm so, okay. You know, I'm not the one leading this journey. He's the one leading this journey. No. <laughs> you know, he's pushing it now. <laughs> praise God. Thank you. Now, you know what I just demonstrated? There is, that's the way that every believer really should live. 
we should take our lead from God. But in reality, most of us don't really do that, do we? Let me tell you how we live. That's how I brought my bag here. We treat God like a tool bag, right? And out of a tool bag, we happen to have, let me see if I got, yeah. We happen to have God in one of our tool bags. We happen to have God. So when situations arise that is beyond us, guess what? We pull out God out of our tool bag. Instead of God leading us, we demand God what he needs to do for us. Is anybody here? Or am I just, just me? And God, you know, you know, and we pray this our prayer, God, you know I desperately need this. And you know I need it like yesterday. If you don't give me this job by tomorrow, you know, hell is really going to break loose. You know? And we begin to make demands for God. But the Bible says, find God where he may be found. The days of your trouble is not the days that God can be found. Because your trouble gets bigger than God himself. So what then happens, because we can't find God in that situation, we hit what? The panic button. Because we are desperate, we have a desperate problem, we have a need. And at this point, we are just guessing what will happen. Then Satan gives us a good idea and says, how many have you said this, seen this before? Everyone helps those who help themselves. How many of you know that this is not in the scripture? You all know. Oh, you've been reading your Bible. Now, and as a result of everyone helping, as a result of you helping yourself because everyone is not helping you, you press the panic button. And when everything is not working or working to plan, anxiety rules the day. Worry. Amen? Because suddenly, everything that you have planned, everything that you expect to work out, everything that you expect to come together is not really coming together. So there comes the problem. And here Jesus is saying that, do not worry. How many people have had an excuse to worry before in their life? Oh, thank God I'm talking to Christians this morning. So some of you have never had the excuse to worry. Amen? You see, and worrying could be anything. Some of you worry about your hair. You worry about your nails. You worry about your shoes. I mean, I can imagine that some of you had sleepless nights before you came to church this morning. Because you're wondering how everything will come together with what you want to wear. Uh, so thank, God, thank, thank you for your honesty. Amen? Praise the Lord. But Jesus said what? What did he say? Do what? Do not worry. So when we worry, what does that mean? What does that imply? It means that we are disobedient to his order. Amen? 
And let me tell you something, which I'm going to explain later before I finish the message. Worry indicates a separation from God. Worry is a sign of faithlessness. And worry undermines your capacity to think right before God. Now, because I want to just kind of um, rush through this, I'm just, um, I'm going to read from my notes because if I don't do that, we'll probably stay here the whole day. So, Jesus commanded us not to worry. And like I said, worrying is an indication of low self-esteem and ignorance of who God is. When you worry about um, you worry about your fingers, your eyelashes, your your hair, your trousers, your shirts, and everything. What you are really saying is that God is not able to sort me out. And you know what? Because this generation or this today, we are in that generation of image. Everything is about image. Everybody is a brand. You know that? Social media has made everyone a brand. So when you are on social media, you are selling your brand. And your brand must communicate something. Praise the Lord. And because, and that's why you get wor worried or bothered when you post something and nobody's liking it. Because that impacts on your brand. Now, teenagers, can you, can you help me? Am I right there? When nobody likes what you've posted, it doesn't sit too well. Isn't it? No comment. No okay. No comment. So, yeah, because she doesn't, yeah, okay. All right. Praise God. And the reason why that is the case is because at that point, you know, I did tell you that worrying is a separation from God. You, you literally put God aside to help yourself because you feel everyone can help you at that moment. And you go in the survival mode. And you see, this has its genesis or its beginning from Genesis chapter 3. When God told Adam and Eve, he said, do not eat of this fruit. He said, because if you eat of it, you know what is good, you know what is evil. In other words, basically God is saying that, look, rely and depend upon me for your sustenance. And if you think about it, God made everything available for Adam and Eve before he put them in the garden. Everything was created before he put them in the garden. What messed up was all sin, was sin. God didn't design us originally to break sweat before we eat. It's the cause of the sin that makes us to break sweat before we eat. So, Jesus went on further, he says, that the reason why I say that it is lack of self-esteem. If you worry, is because you just say that, are you not bigger than the lilies, the grass, what you see outside? I mean, just look at flowers. Look, I mean, can you remember the flower we saw here when we did the service of song for, for Sister Rosette? Did you, 
Can you remember the flower? Were they not beautiful? And Jesus is saying that as beautiful as that, Solomon, as rich, as worthy as he was, is not as pretty as those flowers, but yet God does, God decked the flower to be that beautiful. If God can do that, what is it that you think he can do for you? So when you worry about everything, basically you want to mind yourself below the standard of plants. You've undermined yourself below everything else that God created that is not even on our own level. And of course, ignorance of who God is. So why should you not worry? I've got four things I need to share with you very quickly. Number one, why you should not worry. It saps your energy. It doesn't give you anything. It saps you. It empties you out. Number two, it reduces your capacity to think creatively and productive. Have you noticed that when you worry, you don't get anything done? How many of you have noticed that? When you worry, you don't get anything done. Your capacity to be creative and productive in that situation, zap, zapped, disappeared. Number three, it makes it impossible for you to trust God. You know, Jesus says, he said, all you of little faith, all you of little faith, it's not faith. Confidence in God is not set out of our lives. And of course, number four, it makes us miserable and sad. It makes us miserable and sad. So worry is something that you don't want on your doorstep. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't want it on your doorstep. You don't want worry as your neighbor. To make it worse, you don't want worry as your landlord. You know, some people own worry or worry own them. But I pray that in Jesus' name, there will be a wedge between you and worry today in the name of Jesus. Amen. And my prayer is that everything that causes you sleepless nights, everything that has worried you, that has drained and sapped energy from you, may the Lord deliver you from them in the name of Jesus. May God bring restoration into every situation in your life in the name of Jesus. Now, antidote for worry. Like you all agree with me that every one of us have excuse to worry. There are things in our life, there are situations in our life that has brought us to that place that we feel we need to worry, we need to be concerned about, we've been anxious about. But there are four things I'm going to share quickly. Five things, uh, sorry. Yeah, five. Number one, to help yourself not to worry about any situation, you need to learn to be thankful. Amen. You need to be what? Thankful. In other words, you must be full of thanks. Now, and can I say this? You must be full of thanks, not to man, but to God. I'm not saying don't say thank you to people who've done things for you, but be very careful that your thanksgiving is to God. 
Because, you see, the danger of you being full of thanks to man is that you become some subservience also to man when you are full of thanks to them. Like I said, don't get me wrong. Be thankful when things are done for you, but your thanksgiving must be full to who? To God. And that's why God says that in all things do what? In all things give thanks. You know, Psalm 50 verse 23 says that he who offers praise unto the Lord glorifies him. God big. And as you make him bigger than the circumstances, you see the glory of God revealed. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, number one is be thankful. So, if you are full of thanksgiving, it will be difficult for you to worry. You know, I, um, there's a story, a, a true life story. And I want to say this to encourage you that you might be going through a situation now and it looks, it seems that it's put you at a disadvantage. But I want to challenge you to just trust God that God is on your side. Amen? There was a man um, who was going to catch a plane. And that plane, he had a contract that he had to fulfill, a business, a big business that he had to fulfill. And he missed that train, he missed that plane just by whisker. I don't know if you've ever missed a flight before. You see the plane and they say, no, you can't get in because the door, the gates are shut. I've missed a plane like that before, so, you know. Yeah, but I'm, no, they say, well, because that window, if they, if they open it again, it's not just one second or one minute that, you, you know, he, he, he messes everything up. And the guy, the guy was a big guy who felt that he can boss everybody around. And, and they just said, sorry, sir. It's short. You know, to get a shot, you can't go on the flight. While he was still, go and call your boss, go and this, go and that. You know, do you know how much I'm missing? Do you know, I've got an appointment. Da, 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 da. Obviously, you should have got there on time. Anyway. But besides that, while he was yelling at who the manager is, whatever, there was, um, there was news that they've lost contact with the plane. Few minutes later into, by this time, of course, he was humbled. Few minutes later, before he left the airport, the report came that the plane crashed and everybody on board died. Now, what am I trying to say? For him, he felt it was too important to miss that plane. I can imagine if he was a Christian. I'm not saying that everything bad or good is God or whatever. What I'm just trying to say is that there's sometimes that some things look so disadvantageous to you. You know, it's as if, God, this, you are not in my best interest. But God might be cooking something behind the scene that you don't even have a clue. I think of Joseph. Joseph had a vision that he would become great. He didn't have a vision that they would go to prison. He didn't have a vision that they would be in the pit. He didn't have a vision that his brothers would try to kill him. 
All of those things, he could not even pray them through or pray them out of his life. Yet, in the midst of all those things, God was working something out. And I'm telling you this morning that whatever situation, whatever circumstances you find yourself, be thankful to God. Because God who gave up his son for you is able to make everything available for you. Amen. Number two, be prayerful. Be full of prayers. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Be careful for, be anxious for nothing, but in all things be prayerful. Be full of prayers. And you see, the truth about it is that prayer is not just, prayer is not monotonous. Prayer is not the one-way street. It's not just you yelling at God and giving him your shopping list. Prayer is you calling on God, speaking to God, and hearing him. Because many times when we call on God, he actually gives us instruction in that situation. But the reason why many times we get frustrated or left frustrated is that we are yelling at God, we are not listening to what he's saying. Again, because we don't see God as the one that leads us. We see him as the one, as one of the two books out of our bag. Number three. So the first one is what? And the second one? And the third one is think right, think positive. Think right, think positive. Tell somebody, think right, think positive. Proverbs chapter 3 Verse 7 says, as a man think in his heart, so he is. You are your thoughts. If your thoughts are rotten, guess what? You can't bring anything right. Check your thoughts. I was reading, I was reading something, and it says that, Negative people die younger, they cut short their lives. Those who are pessimistic, have you ever met anybody like that? Who are pessimistic, they just don't see anything good. Anything that happened, they would, they're so quick, no matter how good it is, they're so quick to tell you what was just not good about it. They're the one that will see that my tie is not well not. You know, they'll be quick to see that. I'm sure some of you are probably say, ah, but Pastor, it's true, I saw your tie is not well not. Don't worry, I'm forgiving you. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, if you, if you are that person and all that you see first is the negative, the Lord deliver you this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen? It means your thinking pattern is not right and it's not productive. Amen? It will do you harm more than good. And Philippians chapter 4, if I let us look at that, let's look at Philippians chapter 4 on the things that we need to think about. Philippians chapter 4, 
Look at verse 8 for me. So, whenever you find yourself thinking about anything or any thought flashing through your mind and it does not line up with this, you know that you're not thinking right. And you've got to check your thinking straight away. Wow, my time is fast gone. Okay. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, he said, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, so the things that you have to think of, make sure it is true. Whatever things are noble, just, pure, lovely, good reports, if any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, some translations say meditate on these things. Other translations say, think on these things. Think of these things. The things that are lovely, they are good reports. Think about them. So check your thinking. Anything, you know. So if you know that you have those negative thoughts, you know, use this as a baseline to check, to check make those type of thinking. So number one is be thankful. Number two is be prayerful. Number three is to think right, think positive. Number four is to be content, be contented with what you have. The word content means to be satisfied and happy. Be satisfied with what you have. Thank God for what you have. You know what I notice is that many of us, we don't actually realize what we have. We always wish that we have something else. You have one degree, you wish you have three. You have four, you wish you have five. You have five, you wish you had another one. You're a carpenter, you wish you're a doctor. You're a doctor, you wish you're a carpenter. No, it's true. We, we just seem, you see, because we've got options. We, there, there's so much choice. And we just want, 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 you know. There's nothing that says that we shouldn't aspire, but first of all, be thankful for what you've got. Amen? Appreciate where you are. Praise the Lord. Because whatever you've got, whatever you've got, God can make use of it. God can make use of whatever you've got. It's not more that makes a difference. So be content. You know, First Timothy chapter 6 Six to seven says that you take nothing into the world and you're not taking anything out. Have you noticed that last, the last message we heard that? The only thing that we take out of this world is our works. What we do for the Lord. That's the only thing we're going to take out. Every other thing stays here. I remember when we Disney died. Because they knew that nobody was exactly going to inherit what she had. They buried her with loads of trinkets, gold and everything. And they have to pay security to guard their cops. So those things will not be taken away. But yeah, you can bury her with her. It won't, she won't take it anywhere. If you go and dig up that place, the thing will be there. It will still be there. So be content. You won't take anything out. Number five, 
And this is what a lot of us believers don't quite do. We usually think that there's an unspoken rule within a lot of us Christians. It's almost like dust shall not plan. A lot of us actually think that it is unscriptural to plan. But the truth about it is that planning, planning helps to reduce anxiety. I don't have time to deal with that, but you know, maybe one time we'll deal with that. Planning helps to reduce anxiety. You see, what you plan may not be written in stone, but it gives you a guide. Well, allow God to change those plans from time to time. But it gives you a guide. It doesn't throw you off. You don't suddenly need something. It is lack of plan that throws us off, that causes us a lot of pain and worry. You know, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, did not say we shouldn't plan. He said, but commit that plan to the Lord. Commit it unto the Lord. He said, commit all your plans to the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. And in 19, verse 21, tells us that there are many plans in the heart of a man, but it is the Lord that establishes it. In other words, it is good to plan. So five things that will help us against worry is to be thankful, to be prayerful, to think right, to be content, and to plan. Amen. Now in closing, I want to conclude with these statements or statements Life will always present the opportunity to worry. However, the way you respond to what life throws at you is what matters. There will be challenges. There will be things that bother you. For you still have school kids, your grades will bother you, your friends will bother you. Sometimes because, you know, uh, though when I was growing up, you don't go to your parents and cry and say, nobody's playing with me. You know, it's not something that I grew up used to. But today, yes, you, you know, it's, it's, your, it's a challenge for you guys. Nobody's playing with me. Hey, well, then play with you. Yeah. Find your company. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But it may be your concern, it may be your challenge that nobody's playing with you. You don't have, you know, nobody wants to be friends with you. But guess what? Really, it means that you're too good for them. If nobody wants to be friends with you. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't lose your sleep over it. Praise God. But God creates, who creates us, who creates man, has every need, has met every need that we, we ever need. Is God your friend prepared for you? Is God your needs met even before he created you. He said he has a plan for you, a thought about you, for you to have an expected end. Amen? And his work cannot return to him empty-handed. Praise the Lord. You're worried about your, my nose is flat, my eyes is round, my, my face is square, whatever. Guess what? God says you're wonderfully and fearfully made. Amen? Turn to someone and just say, if a woman say, I'm pretty, I'm gorgeous. And if a man say, check out this cool dude. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because 
Can I share this story? I shared it once, but I want to share it again. Let me share it. One that wanted to pick my wife at the station, you know. Yes, but for the benefit of those who have not heard this, this story before. I saw this woman, and what dropped in my spirit straight away, or no, not my spirit, my soul, straight away is that, wow, this woman is ugly. Don't worry, I didn't say it to her. Well, you know, just, that's, that was the first impression that dropped in, you know. Ma, this woman is ugly. And her husband came. Hugged her, kissed her, and just showed her so much affection and love. And I said, my goodness, truly love is in the eye of the builder. <laughs> no, but that's not the point. What is my point here? My point is that you may look at that person ugly. You may look at that person not looking great. But guess what? God says he or she is wonderfully crafted, wonderfully made, and precious before him. Amen. Hallelujah. So what I'm saying to you is that don't let anybody put you down or try to define you by what you look or you don't look like. You may be size 20. You may be size 0. You may have one pack like me. You may have eight pack. But guess what? I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. Hallelujah. And guess what? Once upon a time, I didn't have the one pack. So you may be laughing at me now that I have one pack. But watch out. It may be your turn soon. Praise God. So just be thankful for what you've got at the moment. Amen. So, don't undermine what you are, who you are. You know, be thankful. You are who God says you are. Amen? Praise the Lord. And don't let anybody, any society, anything define what you're supposed to be. Praise the Lord. Tell someone, say, I am who I am. And guess what? I have no apologies for it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, I just advise you, just like me as I am. Amen? Praise God. Turn to somebody and say, just love me as I am. Amen. Too many of us are trying to change one another too many times. Meanwhile, there's so much to be changed about us. But we'll get into that. Let me close with this scripture. John chapter 14, verse 27. I want to read with my own emphasis, then I'll read in Amplified Classics translation. It says, Peace is left with us, not as the world gives to us. Let, your, let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The word peace in the Greek is erine, which comes from the primary word erio, and it means to join or to be at one or quietness or set at one again. So when Jesus says that 
peace I give unto you, not as the world. What Jesus is saying basically is that I've set you at one again with God. Amen? You know, I said before, worrying is separation from God. So when God says, I, I give peace that no man, not the world gives, it means that God himself has put us as, to, as one together again with God the Father. Amen. Look at it in um, the Amplified Classic translation. Say, peace I live with you, my own peace. I now give and bequeath. Bequeath means to give or to leave or to gift you. Not as the world gives you, I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled, don't let it be afraid. Amen? You may find situations that feel bigger than you, but don't be afraid. Tell somebody, fear not. He says, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated by cowardly and unsettled. Amen? Don't allow yourself to be disturbed by anything. Don't let anything take your sleep away. Amen? Hallelujah. And I trust God that God will perfect that which concerns you in the name of Jesus. So, if you didn't hear anything that I said today, I want you to remember these things. What to do to prevent yourself from being worried. Think of this letter, T-P-P-T-C. T-P-P-T-C. Be thankful. Think positive. Be prayerful. Be content and plan. Amen? So did you get that? T, be thankful, prayerful, think positive, be content, and plan. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stress up to our feet. Think positive. In other words, think of those things that are lovely, that are of good reports, that are noble. Hallelujah. If you are here and there's something that's there's something that or there's some things that bothered you so much or something that worries you, you know, is a bother for you. Something that's a bother is a burden for you. Something that's I mean it may be small, it may be big, but something that loses your that you lose sleep over. I want to pray for you. You might be here and say, well, it's not a big thing, but I worry about it. You know, I just worry about little things. I worry about, you know, I also want to pray for you. And I believe that God, who is the God of all peace, will release his peace and his grace upon you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word that has gone forth this morning. I pray it will not return to you empty-handed, but accomplish the purpose to which you sent it forth. 
I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus, everyone here that steps in here with a burden, Father, I pray that, Lord, every yoke be lifted up in the name of Jesus. I pray that every yoke be lifted up, everyone's shoulder in this place in the name of Jesus. I pray that everyone, in every form of crisis, big or small, any situation, no God, that causes them to trouble, Lord, we bring such situations before you. And we pray that, Lord, your peace that transcends beyond every human understanding permeates, O oh God, in every situation in the name of Jesus. I pray that, Lord, your power of resurrection will come upon every situation this morning and you quicken every dead situation in the name of Jesus. I pray for healing, O oh God. I pray for deliverance in every situation in the name of Jesus. I remember in particular, O oh God, those who are concerned about their career, about their family, their relationship this morning, I pray, O oh God Almighty, that Lord, you settle them in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh God Almighty, that Lord, your grace, O oh God, will strengthen them, O oh God, even in the valley of shadow of death, you will deliver in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, that as we come together, O oh God, to celebrate and thank, thank you for your goodness, O oh God, over our sisters, O oh Lord, and their family. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, Lord, no one will lack the reason to be thankful in the name of Jesus. I pray that, Lord, your praise, O oh God, be full in our lives in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I speak healing to every physical, emotional, and mental situation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your name that is above every other name. I decree and declare that every thought, every imagination, and everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God be pulled down right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you, Lord Almighty, that your word be fruitful in our lives to the praise and glory of your name. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.